going to invite Riley and Michael, Riley and Nathaniel, to come and share our scripture readings this morning. This reading is from Peter chapter 2, verses 2 through 10. Like, like newborn babies crave pure spiritual milk, so that by it you may grow up in your salvation, now that you have tasted that the Lord is good. As you come to him, the living stone, rejected by humans but chosen by God and precious to him, you also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifice acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For in scripture it says, See, I lay a stone in Zion, a chosen and precious cornerstone, and the one who trusts in him will never be put to shame. Now to you who believe, this stone is precious, but to those who do not believe, the stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone, and a stone that causes people to stumble and a rock that makes them fall. They stumble because they disobey the message, which is also what they were destined for. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, and now you have received mercy. Today's reading is in John 14 through 114, found on page 16, 11675 in your pew Bibles. <coughs> Do not let your hands be troubled. You believe in God. Believe also in me. My Father's house has many rules. If that were not so, would I have told you that I am going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you also may be where I am. You know the way to the place where I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going, so how can we know the way? Jesus answered, I am the truth. I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really know me, you will know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Philip said, Lord, show us the Father and that will be enough for us. Jesus answered, Don't you know me, Philip, even after I have I have." been among you such a long time. Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Don't you believe that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me? The words I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority. Rather, it is the Father living in me who is who is doing the work. Believe me when I say that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. Or at least believe on evidence of the work themselves. Very truly, I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been 
doing and they will do even greater things than the than these because I'm going to the Father and I will do whatever you ask in the name so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me for these any for anything in my name and I will do it. This is the word of the Lord. Let's pray together this morning. Come, Holy Spirit, and fill the hearts of these, your faithful ones. Kindle within each one of us the fire of your love. May all that we say and all that we do give you the honor and glory. For you alone are worthy. Amen. In 2000, a book was published called Bowling Alone by Robert Putnam. Robert Putnam's a sociologist, and he was looking at this phenomenon that he had noticed had been developing really over the previous couple of decades is that in bowling, people were still bowling. Bowling alleys were full. But you know what had, particip- what had dropped off significantly? Participation in bowling leagues. People were still going to the bowling alley. They were still bowling, but they were bowling alone. And so using that as an example, Putnam extrapolated from bowling into uh, the civic realm, into community engagement, in charities, in clubs, in churches, and found a similar trend, that as the world around us has become ostensibly more connected, it's incredible to think, you all have cell phones, right? The phone in your pocket is more powerful than the computer that put Neil Armstrong on the moon. Think about that for a moment. Unbelievable. Our technological connectedness has sort of reached a zenith. It's incredible what we can do. And yet, more and more, there is a sense among real people of disconnection. There's a lack of of participation in communal activity, of people coming together around a common cause. As society in one way, has become more tightly knit together, people have become more separated, more alone, more lonely. When we come to our scripture from John today, there's one truth that I think defines Christianity before we can get to anything else, and that is this. To understand Jesus... To understand what's happening here in this building. To understand this, we have to personally know Jesus. It's the be all end all. We have to know him. We can't escape personal connection. If we're going to know about this Jesus, we have to know him. Think of when you get to know somebody for the first time. Say Brian and I were getting to know each other. Brian and I are going out, we're having a meal, and we've never met each other. So where might you start? Hey, Brian, how are you? Where are you from? Where'd you grow up? What do you, what do, you do for work? 
I gather some facts about Brian, right? If you're getting to meet and to know somebody for the first time, you need to start with some information about them. But there comes a point where you cross into something else. Where I start to get to know what Brian loves and what he values. And what keeps him up at night. And what his hopes and his dreams are. That starts to move beyond the realm of information about Brian. And I start to get to know Brian. There's a lot of people out there, some people even in our churches, who have a lot of information about Jesus, but maybe they've never actually met Jesus. They don't actually know him. They've never crossed that line from facts to relationship. And if there's anything the Gospel of John teaches us, it is that Jesus must have a personal relationship with each one of us for us to really know him. Thomas and Philip are stuck in the realm of information. Or, Thomas, uh, Jesus, tell us the path. How do we get to know? We, we need to go where you are, so tell us how to do that. Philip, just show us this thing, show us the Father, and then we'll be satisfied. And did you get Jesus' response to Philip? It's possible to be in Jesus' inner circle, just like Philip was, to have a lot of information about Jesus, but maybe to have never met him. Philip, have you been with me this long, and you still don't understand? If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. It's not, it will not do, friends. If you want your faith to be real, to be alive, to face the challenges of living in this day and age, it will not do to know about Jesus. We must know him personally in a real way. We must cross that threshold between facts about Jesus to knowing him and being known by him on a deep level. All through the Gospel of John, we find seven of these I am statements. Perhaps you can name some of them with me. I am the bread of life. I am the true vine. I am the good shepherd. I am the door. I am the bread of life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. Echoes of Exodus chapter 3, where Moses is in front of the bush that is on fire yet not consumed, and he asks for Yahweh's name. And what does Yahweh say? I am. I am. I am. That is, there's no facts there. There's no information that we can parse. I am. I will be who I will be. The very grounding of reality itself. The very essence of being. All of that is relational. None of that will make sense if we stay in the realm of facts and never move into relationship. We won't understand the one who says, I am. Jesus makes a movement here. John chapter 14. This is all part of what's called the farewell discourse. 
Jesus in, in, John's, uh, in John's gospel starts to teach his disciples just before his arrest and his mock trial, his execution and his resurrection. There's a series of teachings that John records for us. Sort of Jesus' um, parting words to his disciples. Talks about leaving them. And naturally they become anxious. And when they become anxious, what happens? They default to facts. Doesn't that tell us something about the human condition? What's going to happen? What now? Oh, give me a plan, Jesus. Tell me how to go there with you. That won't do. When Thomas wants facts about how to get there, Jesus says, I am. I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. I am the path you travel to get to your destination. I am truth. I am ultimate reality. I am what anchors and grounds this world. I am the life. I am what will give you life. I am. No one comes to the Father but through me. In other words, if you want to know about God, first you've got to get to know Jesus, who is the very image of God. Everything that you need to know about God so that you can enter into a relationship with him is seen in Jesus. So many of the religions of Jesus' day centered on gods that you had to appease. The gods are perpetually angry with humanity. And every now and then I just think, I can't really blame them. Um, but that was, that was the milieu in which Jesus lived and, and in his disciples lived. This pantheon of gods who were perpetually angry with humanity. That you had to offer sacrifices to appease them. And then even once you did that, you never really knew. Now maybe they're still going to smite me anyway. There is nothing... In all the ancient Near East religions that came close to a God who actually wanted a relationship with his creation. Absolutely radical. And then Jesus comes and says, I am. I am God. Everything that you ever wondered, everything you thought, you look at Jesus. And there's God in human form way, truth, and the life. And what does Jesus do? He moves his disciples and Thomas and Philip, his two interlocutors here in this text from John, he moves them from belief to action. From the realm of knowing into the realm of being. From facts to relationship. Both are vital. You cannot have a relationship with someone if you don't know about them. But you can know a lot about someone and not have a relationship with them. Did you follow? And Jesus moves them from belief. Right belief is important. I've had people tell me, why do you care so much about doctrine and what people believe? How can we know about this God with whom we're in a relationship if we don't know about him? 
and what he's like and what his nature is and what he requires of us and about his created order. We need to know about him so that we can know him. And Jesus moves the disciples from the realm of believing. So vital and so key, but it can't stay there. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. And a little bit later on, what does he say to his disciples? The works that I've done, you're going to do too. In fact, even greater works. Because the Holy Spirit is going to come upon them. Moving from belief into action. But it must follow that order. Churches and Christians, often well-meaning, have done a lot of damage in God's name. Because maybe they've known some facts about him, but they haven't known him. And when we get to know him, and when we, get, when we look at Jesus, and we, we adopt Jesus' pattern as our own way of life, we become people of love and mercy and grace and compassion and tenderness and clarity. Because that's what Jesus was all about. And if you've seen him, you've seen who? The Father. Friends, this morning, the challenge before us, today and tomorrow and then through the week and in the coming months, is that if we want to know about God, let's gather our information. Let's get to know about him. But it can't end there if we're going to be true biblical Christians. We've got to move into relationship. Into not just knowing about, but knowing Him. Christianity is unique from all the other religions of the world. Because that doesn't just give us a prescription to follow. Do these things and you'll attain the afterlife. Follow these rules and be a good person and this will happen to you. Christianity says... None of that will do, because in our own effort, none of us can measure up to that. We're given a person. We're given a person. Someone who is God in the flesh, who through his life, his death, his resurrection, shows us everything we need to know about God. And if we're to follow him, we need to be prepared to not just know about, but to know. And to go from belief to action. To put into practice what it means to be a disciple. Friends, this morning, if you know Jesus Christ, you bear his image into the world. You are his representative. You are the one. You're going to take him out of this place into where you work, into where you go out to eat, into where you shop, into all of your social circles. And you are reflecting God to those around you. What an incredibly sobering reality that is. So we must do what we can to stay so close to him, to have a relationship so that we reflect his heart to all those around us. Amen.